Let's hit up the hotline and welcome in from Tulsa Bone & Joint, TulsaBoneAndJoint.com. He is Dr. Chris Crane joining us now here on The Blitz. Dr. Crane, how are you doing today, man? I'm fantastic. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing well. Um, First things first, the big story is clearly the heat that's happening right now with so many youth-level sports that are still taking place all across this uh, city. I know for a fact... um, uh, at our summer camp yesterday, you know, they restricted the kids from going outside after a certain time, and I'm sure they'll do that over the next couple of days as well. It's very important right now to take into account the type of oppressive heat that we're going to have here over the next couple of days, isn't it? This is an absurd amount of heat. This is heat indexes over 110 in some places and some of the time. So this is something to take very serious, to stay hydrated, to try to move your practices to mornings when it's the coolest part of the day. This is this is a uh, spooky time of year, I think, because a lot of kids are out there trying to push hard. They're trying to get prove that they're ready for the coming season, and it's it's a kind of a trap for them almost to have to push that hard in the seat. And to everyone, right? I mean, I know we focus just on the sports thing, but I think about some of our um, mail carriers and letter carriers that have to walk through neighborhoods at this time. I, they they had one that tragically passed away in Dallas, I think, last week due to an issue with the heat. It's anyone that works outside at this point, take your breaks, make sure that you're drinking plenty of fluids. Uh, and if you happen to be a boss of one of those crews, a little bit more leeway at this time also is very helpful to making sure that everyone's safe. And a shout out to all the people still working on all the tree limbs oh. and all the power outages that are still there. This Brutal. Is a- absolute most brutal time to have to be working on that but it's important work and so just be safe and hydrate and take breaks and don't uh, don't push through it, it, it can sneak up on you a little bit sometimes uh are there some signs doc that everyone should be paying attention to that um that you can uh, rattle off off the top of your head if you've been out in this for too long you know it's tough because it's by the time you're starting to get some signs and symptoms a lot of times it's because it's gotten away from you already if you're getting to the point where you're not sweating as much or you're not as, you know, not as high, that's actually bad signs. That's, that's signs that you're losing your compensation. It takes a lot of hydration to keep up with the water that you're losing, and it's sweat too, so don't be afraid to mix in um, some salt with that in the terms of specifically Gatorades, electrolytes. Um, usually Gatorades are actually a little too concentrated, uh, so you can do half Gatorade, half water, and do really well with that. All right, let's uh, move to Aaron Judge. We talked about Aaron Judge a few weeks ago, but we do have an update to it. And we were talking about the issue that he had with his right toe injury. Um, And it seems as if he has had another PRP injection. Uh, From what I understand now with the second one in that injured right foot, that's even more time that we typically see for that to take effect. And there are those that feel like that there's probably not even a chance at returning until mid to late July at the earliest. And that might even be on the early front. There are some that are saying, don't be surprised if you maybe not see him the rest of the season, if he can't get this under control, but is that a good sign or bad sign that he has now had the second injection of PRP? Depends a little on their protocol and how they're doing things. Um, There's different types of PRP injections, too, in terms of how many white blood cells or leukocytes they keep in the contents and how much they spin it down, how long they put it in the centrifuge for. So it may be that they kind of have a series that they were planning. Uh, I'd be a little concerned that that might suggest that he didn't respond as well as they'd hoped to the first one. And so they're trying again just to keep him away from any kind of surgeries or prolonged time out from play. So 
I, I'm a little skeptical that that means that the first shot was a, the miracle they were necessarily hoping for. But uh, it's it's tough to say for sure. Uh, I think it's a good sign they haven't jumped to surgery. The other thing, too, on this is that, okay, maybe he has this, but eh, maybe you could return as a designated hitter prior to returning back to the outfield. The bad thing, though, is that this is his right foot where he pushes off of in an instance like this. So it's not like that he can just go ahead and say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and, and bring him back as a designated hitter. This affects everything that he does, let alone just trying to play in the outfield. Yeah, and it's such this is such an important area of the body with uh, great toe injuries. It's it's hard to even get around normal function. I mean, stairs and walking and driving and all these kinds of things can be difficult when you've already got pain in that area. So I suspect this is something that is is keeping him aware of it uh, more often than not. Okay, I sent you a post. Uh, the the uh, story that I sent you was from the Washington Post. Now, this is from March, so this was from early in the year. But the, the data in it still holds up on this, and I would love your thoughts on this. But... Uh, what we learned from this, according to research presented at a meeting of the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, amongst high school athletes in the United States, there were more than 5.2 million injuries that occurred between 2015 and 2019. Now, in this, we see things like the overall uh, injury rate has declined since the last report that we had in 06. But they noted that the injuries have become more severe and the number of injuries to the head and neck has increased by 10%. Is there a reason why you feel that that is the case, Doc, with this uh, Washington Post story that I sent you? Well, I think part of it is that, I mean, from 2006 to now, our ability to detect concussions and our willingness to take them seriously has improved a lot. And I think that seeing an uptick in head injuries may be because we're detecting more of those head injuries and Good. aware of those concussions more as opposed to having more uh, actual events. Uh, the, my suspicion is that that probably hasn't changed significantly, but that our detection rates have gone up. And so we're finding these concussions and they're a bigger percentage of things that are going on um, because we're looking for them now. And we know, just like we talked about previously with CTE and the long-term risks, I mean, I think it's more of a reflection of us taking seriously concussions and things that might have even been milder symptoms, uh, whereas before that might have been not even a blip on our radar. So someone that might be listening says, okay, all right, well, we're talking about sprains and strains. And, and yes, a lot of those are. They represent about 37% of the injuries. The troubling part here is that the head was the most injured body site at 24%, followed by ankles and knees. And a matter of fact, concussions accounted for about 22% overall of the injury. So this is by far more than just saying your typical knee sprain and ankle sprain. Yeah, and I think the, the other caveat here is they're including all sports together. And they did kind of try later on to break it down a little bit, uh, football, uh, women's soccer, wrestling being things that are kind of higher higher injury sports, which is expected. Um, but we are looking globally across all sports, and concussion is kind of one of those that does transcend a lot of different sports and a lot of different play styles of sports that it's always a risk. Uh, your head's in the game, so to speak, and so it's, it's always a chance, um, especially in contact sports, that that's something you worry about. 
but I, I don't know that necessarily, it, again, I, I don't think it represents an increase in the actual number. I think we're just finding it more, and that's true across all sports. The one thing that they kind of left um, the story with was an element here that was talking about urging the development of more and better sports-specific preventative strategies to protect youths from injuries. That that sounds simple enough. Uh, that is an incredibly complicated process. Uh, you know that from working on football sidelines during high school. Um, one, a lot of that is funding, correct, that we just don't seem to have. Um, and uh, there, there are several other elements that, that play into that. But uh, it's not as easy as just saying, hey, we need to do this. I mean, we, but we've got to start having the conversations to having the preventative strategies that are in place and available to everyone. Yeah, I mean, the whole goal is safety. And we want to recognize the injuries that happen. We want to limit the ones that we can limit. And we've seen this on with ACLs because that was a push previously to do sort of rehabilitation or what, more like a prehabilitation where they would actually strengthen and work on the mechanics of the knee for various soccer players and basketball players to try to limit the number of ACL injuries. That if we can get the, the mechanics of the knee and the hip as good as we can, that maybe we actually limit how many ACL injuries we then see. And that worked fairly well. And so I think we'll see similar things uh, that we already kind of do a little bit with how to tackle. You know, that's, that's not an in it thing that you just know. That's a mm-hmm. thing that you learn in football and that you should hopefully learn as you progress and get to higher and higher levels of athleticism to know the proper techniques for your sport to try to reduce the risk of these injuries. And that's a training thing, yeah. but that is a time and to an extent money and dedication uh, process too. And so you know, recognizing is one thing. Preventing is always better if we can do it. That is always the better route to go. So I think it's, it's getting better that our awareness is there so that then we can start to work on prevention. Well, you talk about awareness and it seems like that the numbers have been there now for a while, but I'm always a little bit surprised of people that don't understand the type of numbers that a sport like girls soccer has in terms of injuries. I mean, it was listed in this one, and it has been that way for a while. That's one of those that, unless you're just paying attention, kind of slips in underneath, and people don't realize uh, the amount of injuries that are associated with that sport with females. Absolutely, and it's it's one of those things that I think it's kind of – it's a very contact-heavy sport, and it doesn't always get credit for being so compared to things like football. But it, it is definitely a high-contact sport for whatever reason. The uh, female soccer in college and in high school does have a fairly substantial rate of concussion, of ACL injuries, of not just the sprains and, and strains that we see, but of some other bigger injuries that take time to recover from. And so it, it definitely isn't one to, to brush under the rug or to, to underplay it at all. Doc, good stuff, man. I appreciate you jumping on with us here on this Wednesday. Please try to say uh, cool as uh, much as you can. Hope that uh, the fam is doing well, and we look forward to chatting again with you next week. Sounds great. I'll see you then on the, what, 5th of July? On the 5th of July, yes. If I can uh, still stand and I'm not wearing dark-colored glasses at that time. You know. Glass radio, we'll never know. Few few margs over the weekend. Eh, yeah, but you're right. Eh, theater of the mind, theater of the mind. See you, Doc. Appreciate you. Take That's Dr. Christopher Crane joining us here on the Blitz 1170. TulsaBoneandJoint.com is the website that you can go right now, 918-392-1400. Doc comes on with us every single Wednesday at 145 here on the Blitz. Oh, 
What locations do they have, you might ask? How about Bartlesville, Owasso, Sand Springs, along with the Tulsa campus there right off of the Broken Arrow Expressway? We will take a little bit of an early timeout because we have a guest that's waiting in the lobby. We'll talk FC Tulsa soccer when we come back next year on the Blitz 1170.